but good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this 14th Sunday after Pentecost as we gather together to receive the gifts of God in word and sacrament. Uh, before we begin our worship, are there any announcements or any prayer requests from the congregation? Right, if, there, if there's nothing to share, I will invite you to take this moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, 
We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may find your will and walk in your ways. To the Lord and your Lord Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God, we thank you for your Son, who chose the path of suffering for the sake of the world. Humble us by his example, point us to the path of obedience, and give us strength to follow your commands. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Reading from Jeremiah. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and bring down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, do not take me away. Know that on your account I suffer insult. Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words became a to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name. O Lord, God of hosts, I did not sit there in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. Under the weight of your hand I sat alone, for you had filled me with indigna indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like the waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you turn back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. The word of the Lord. Our, psalmist today, our psalm today is Psalm 26, verses 1 through 8. 
Give judgment for me, O Lord, for I have lived with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, O Lord, and try me. For your steadfast love is before my eyes. I have walked faithfully with you. I have not sat the words, nor do I consort with the deceitful. I have hated the company of evildoers. I will not sit down with the wicked. I have washed my hands in the of the Lord, that I may know the protection around your altar. Singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and recounting all your wonderful deeds. A reading from Romans. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of, wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, to get the full impact of our reading from Romans 12, it will help us to remember that faith is trust. 
Faith is used different, differently in different times. But here we want to understand that faith is not just a belief system. Faith is not just a way of life, but faith is trust. And so the biblical use of faith is best described with the Latin word fiducia. You may know the term fiduciary in financial settings. Right, a fiduciary is someone you are supposed to be able to trust to give you unbiased advice and someone who will manage your assets for you to your benefit. Well, this is also how the life of faith works for the Christian. We trust that God's promises are for our benefit, and we trust that everything God says to us in his word is true. And so it's this kind of faith that has big implications, because ultimately, ultimately it means that we as Christians have nothing to lose in this world. Our faith sets us free. Faith means we are free to love others in this world without pretense, because to have faith is to trust in Christ alone. And so to be free in faith through the gospel of Christ allows us to love others without expectation. As Christians, we are free to love unconditionally. As Christians, we do not love because of what others can do for us. We don't love others because they have the resources we need or because they can give us something or because they'll make us better somehow. In fact, in verse 9, St. Paul writes, let love be genuine. The word for genuine here is literally not hypocritical. That is to love without a mask. To have genuine love is to truly want good for someone apart from how it might enrich you. This is why Paul will go on to describe what this love looks like. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Paul is saying here, love people where they are. Whether they are rich or poor, healthy or sick, happy or sad, don't just love people who will bring something to you. Likewise, genuine love does not wait for someone to change into a person who is easy to love in order to love them. Our call here is not to love our enemies when they become our friends, but to love our enemies, even if they continue to hate us. And Paul doesn't mean here that you have to set yourself up for abuse. In fact, he says, if it is possible, live peaceably with all. But he does say, as far as you are able, be good to those who are not good to you. There are times when relationships become volatile, even dangerous, and so we have to be judicious and discerning about what love entails. In fact, our gospel reading next Sunday will touch on some of those boundaries. But in our lives, we will judiciously have to discern how to love those who cause us harm, and we do so with prayer and humility. But God ultimately tells us to still love. There's no out to that command. There's no out for loving others. This means that we must not wish revenge on people. We don't try to even up scores. We don't try to hurt people because they've hurt us. Instead, we're called to pray for the well-being of those who make life difficult for us. Rejoice when they do well. Weep when they grieve and do what you can to bless them. And I know we live in a broken world where relationships and love don't always look like they should. And our temptation will always be to love people, love people with a desire 
to heal and to fix what is broken. But it's good to remember that loving someone is not a means to change them. The transformation of hearts is God's work, not ours. It is God who heals, God who changes hearts. We don't. However, we're commanded to work for the good of all. Whether or not they change, we work for their good. Loving someone is how we live in the present, especially with the future of judgment in mind. And you'll notice here at the end of Romans 12 how St. Paul commands us to love our enemies with future in mind, that is, in view of our faith. Paul says to leave room for the wrath of God. Now, he doesn't mean, as we've already heard, to only pretend to love people and secretly to hope that God's going to destroy them on the, ju on the judgment day. Instead, St. Paul is encouraging us to have faith that God's going to sort out all things on the last day according to his goodness. He is reminding us that revenge is not for us. We're incapable of being impartial, fair judges anyway. So instead, in our faith, we trust that God will work out all things for our good. And we leave it at that. In view of our faith, we love others. And the consequences and results of how all that shakes out is God's doing, not ours. And so Paul commands us in this view of faith to hate what is evil and to hold on to what is good. To hate evil and to hold fast to what is good is directly connected to how we love our neighbors. And because we are saved by God alone and not by anything in this world, Paul says we are free to hate what is evil, to hold on to what is good. And so as Christians in this world, we don't have to pretend. We get to call a thing what it is, because we don't need the world's recognition. We don't need the world's acclaim. We don't need the salvation the world offers. We don't have to climb the ladder of this world's success. Christ has already saved us. He's done the work for us. And so in this world, as Christians, we're free to call evil what it is, and we're free to hate it. In the first place, when we see evil in our own lives, we're free to hate it. When we see the evil of our own hearts, we don't dismiss it, but we confess it. We don't pretend like the sin and the evil in our hearts is a good thing, but we bring it to God in repentance, trusting that Christ has taken it from us on the cross. And it's always easy to see the evil in the world, to see evil in others, and ignore the evil in ourselves. But the evil in this world always begins in our own hearts. And by faith, we learn to hate it. And we're free to give it to God, trusting in his forgiveness. But secondly, we must also note that Christians now in this world and in their relationships must continue to hold on to these words of St. Paul. We live in a time which now has been characterized by the kind of pressure to conform that has been called cancel culture. Right, if you point out something that is evil and call it evil, you risk losing your job, you risk being given a label, right? Or if you seek to defend what is good, well, you might be canceled, you might be labeled something, right? And there are evil things going on in our world that we're being told are actually good, right? There are powers in this world that are trying to convince us that the mutilation of healthy bodies, the killing of unborn children, the redefinition of marriage are all good things. And we're told if we don't accept these things, 
There must be something wrong with us. But this has always been the way of the world. The history of the church for 2,000 years tells us of this kind of resistance that true Christians meet when they hate evil in this world. And so what St. Paul does here in Romans 12 is to remind us that we have faith in this world as it opposes us, and we let God handle the rest. We let God be God. And this is what St. Paul would have us take away from Romans 12. To move forward in this world with love is the result of our faith. Love is the fruit of faith. And so without faith, without trust in God, we're not able to love others as God has called us to. And by faith, the Spirit sets us free in this world to love, not getting consumed by getting everything right, not getting consumed by trying to change the world, not getting consumed with being on the right side of history, but with hope looking forward to the day when God will make all things new. And so this is an important balance we as faithful Christians have to hold on to. We are to love all people. We want good to happen to all people. But this also means that we are willing to call an evil thing an evil thing. And that we're allowed to call a good thing a good thing. Contemporary jargon has co-opted love to mean tolerance of all evil. But love is not the same thing as tolerance. And so we need to discern carefully here. We can call the actions of others evil, not because we hate others, but precisely because we love them. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. We want to discern things God has told us are evil and lead to destruction and name them for what they are. We all instinctively know this to be true. Right? Because we love our children, we don't always tolerate what they do. We don't tolerate when they hurt themselves or hurt others. Instead, we show them a better way. In our lives as Christians, we want to identify the evil around us out of genuine love for people. And so we have to keep this in mind if we want to love our neighbors. We can and we should name the evil in our society. But we also should do so out of love. This means making sure that we're not pointing out evil things just to score political points. It's making sure we're not accusing others of being less than God's creation. It's not loving to treat people who engage in sinful actions like they're less than people created by God. There is dignity and worth in all people. And we always must remember that Christ has died for all. And he loves all sinners, especially including us. This is why St. Paul warns us here in Romans 12 against pride and against thinking ourselves to be better than we really are. Instead, we must hate evil. We must not participate in any kind of delusion that calls evil as good. But we must start first with examining our own hearts. We must work and speak against evil. We must call repentance those who do evil. But we cannot assume that we ourselves do not have many things to repent of. If we are going to love the world and be honest with the world, we have to start with our own hearts. And so we live humbly under God's word, right? not as self-righteous judges, but as saints who are relying on God's mercy. And so we live by faith alone. Indeed, as we confess as good Lutherans, we are saved by faith alone, 
but day by day we live by faith alone. We are justified by faith in Christ alone. And this makes us free. It makes us free to live lives that are not fake, that are not hypocritical. It makes us free to love without pretense. Because now you are free to hate evil. You're free to hate the evil in your own heart and bring it to God. You're free to hate the evil that you see around you. And you are free to hold on to what is good. You don't need the world's acclamation. You don't need the world's acceptance. You are entirely and wholly accepted by God. And so trusting in God alone, we get to strive to love all people. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and in his kingdom will have no man. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, teach our faithful ones to trust so fully in your care that they seek not vengeance but mercy. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, you have made us to feast on your word to the delight of our hearts. Protect us from the worldly company of those who despise your word and inspire the pastors of your church to boldly proclaim what is precious, the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, open wide the hearts of Christians to one another, especially within the home and between neighbors. Let love be genuine, speech truthful, and patience constant. Let us commend ourselves in everything as those known by God's love, and therefore unashamed to serve one another. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve our nation and its leaders, especially Joseph, our president, our Congress, Richard Michael, our governor, the legislature of this state, and all judges, that they might serve for the good of your people. Grant peace in our time, O Lord, for you alone fight for us. Lord, in your mercy. Great Physician, heal and restore all in need of your care. Especially we lift up to you Jim, Matt, Charlie, Jane, Nancy, Nancy, Steve, Rose, Barb, John, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda. Give them your holy care and strength to bear their suffering, that they may endure to see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, lead us to repentance and faith, that we might not think of ourselves highly than is right, but that we would set our hearts and minds on the things that you have prepared for us. Prepare us now to receive the blessed gifts of your table, 
by which you preserve us holy and blameless in Christ until he comes again. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Give thanks to the Lord our God. 
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.